Hello and welcome to In the Weeds. We're recording live from the Picky Weeds Esoteric Occult Boutique, located just south of Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, in beautiful South Abington Township. Picky Weeds is the largest and most diverse boutique of its kind in Northeast Pennsylvania, with an increasingly wide variety of items for many traditions. In addition to items for sale, Picky Weeds hosts a wide variety of classes, events, and community-driven gatherings throughout the year. Picky Weeds is located at 105 Layton Road, South Abington Township, PA. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. More information can be found at www.pickyweeds.com. That's P-I-C-K-E-Y-W-E-E-D-Z.com or on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. In the Weeds is the official podcast for Picky Weeds, where we strive to bring the community together with topics of interest, guest speakers, and informative discussions to benefit the entire community. If you'd like to be a guest speaker, either live or remote call-in, please visit www.pickyweeds.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, find In the Weeds podcast guest application, click it, Copy and paste the text into an email with your contact information and send it to us at pickyweeds at gmail.com. Now, now let's get, get in, in the, weeds. the weeds. Hey guys, welcome to episode eight. So I'm here with John. This Hi. is Tay. And we're going to talk about altars today. Everybody's always asking. So what do you do with an altar? So we're going to start this episode out because our favorite favorite time of the year is here we are sharing an anniversary of 25 years married oh, on Samhain. how do you put up with me Twenty eight years together 25 years married so. we, we bought each other a ice maker yes we did it's silver, it's silver. <laughs> <laughs> we love our ice maker she's fantastic yeah <laughs> but I don't have to crack ice trays anymore, so we're definitely worth yeah. it. Yeah, oh my God, or mop the floor every time we fill the ice trays and carry them to the fridge. But there you go. Don't ever buy a GE fridge. No, never, never, junk. never. So the holiday we're going to start with, I guess you've all probably guessed, is Samhain. And it's a good one to start off with because it's literally the start of the year for the for the Celts. So it is um, the harvest. So we're going to talk a little bit about things you can put on the altar and ancestors that we kind of venerate and things that you can do to kind of make your salon just a little more special. Yeah, I think altars too is, you know, a lot of people are like, do I need an altar? Should I have an altar? It's entirely a personal thing. A lot of people like them because it's a central point of focus for you, you know? So if you have uh, work that you want to do, you know, you could set up a home altar. If you're in, in the woods, you could set up a temporary altar there. It's it's basically uh, designating a space that is sacred. Yes. And it's just, it makes it, I think, a little more special to your ancestors, too. It's sort of, you set some pictures of your ancestors on the altar, especially this time of year, because this is the time when the veil is the thinnest and they come back to kind of commune with us or cause us problems. <laughs> Depends on what you did, who you are, <laughs> yeah. what's going on. But yeah. And we, we've talked about the veil before. And, you know, just to kind of reiterate that all time is happening right now. Um, so your your ancestors, you know, when you reach through the veil, they're still there. You know, the, the spirit world is right there alongside our physical realm. And when we say the veil is thin, it's the separation between those realms is the thinnest at two points of the year it's bialtana and Samhain. um so when you hear someone saying the veil is getting thin that's that's what that means Cos- cosmologically we're stopping and reversing so yeah. it's it's right there sort of like an event horizon if you will you know when you're kind of out in space and you're trying to get back in at a certain time frame and have a certain point of landing so kind of that same thing yeah absolutely and you know like also we've discussed this wheel of the year is in a agrarian agricultural uh thing that follows the cycle of basically farming right so you have a time of planting the seeds you have a time of of seeing those seeds first sprout you have a time when they're in full bloom then you have the time of harvest and then you have the time of rest and then it starts all over again uh and so this is the final harvest uh festival the final um 
fire festival uh, would be Samhain. Actually, you could look at it as it's the first one. Too. <laughs> yeah, Depends on exactly. Your perspective. Yeah, it's the dimming of the light. Everybody comes to a period of rest and storytelling and filling up their coffers like Dog does never ending cauldron. You know, that he held for his people to keep them fed. And then there's, you, you guys will want to think about the, like I said, the ancestor symbolism that you want to include on your altar. You might want to think about some harvest symbols on the altar. Like this time of year, you'll always see ours that'll have corn on it. Sometimes it'll have squash, you know, pumpkins, root vegetables. That's because those are the things that are the end of the season harvestables that actually kind of last in cold storage through the winter. And so you want to think about that and put those cold season vegetables out, you know, on your altar. It's really decorative. It's really pretty. Hence, turnips, pumpkins, you know, stuff like that that come out of the ground. When you're putting those symbolism, it's it's reaching out to the spirit world and showing, you know, that you have a symbiotic relationship, that you're sharing this day with them. It's not just you at your altar doing your thing. The, the idea behind it is that you're opening um, a conversation or fellowship or however you'd like to describe it, but to, to spend time with your ancestors, mm-hmm. spend time with those that have passed, especially those that passed within the, within the recent year. This is the time to call their names out and let them know that, that you're still thinking of them and they're, they still hold a place in your heart. And that you're standing on their backs. Absolutely. And that you understand that relationship. So are you saying that this is not about the, Alter aesthetic. Uh, no, I mean, look, aesthetic is, you know, if it makes you feel witchy, there's no harm in it. Mm-mm. The problem is when you focus so much on aesthetic that you miss the point of the entire thing. And that is devoting some time to your loved ones that have walked on through the veil. You know, you'll hear, you'll hear, hail the traveler. You know, you'll hear things like that, or they've walked on. Um, just different euphemisms for you know people have passed uh, from this plane to the spirit realm. Dearly departed. And you're you're taking time, taking time to remember them, not just um, you know those fleeting moments when their memory might come into to your mind during the year. This is a special time that's that's dedicated to your ancestors, and it doesn't need to be 400 years ago. Your, you know, Scottish ancestor, or Irish ancestor, or Welsh ancestor could be mom, dad, grandpa, sister, brother, niece. You know, it could be immediate family, or it could be a friend, a dear, dear friend that was your tribe. You yeah. know, we talked about Absolutely. making your own tribe, making your own family, especially those of us that have been excommunicated from our <laughs> our uh, birth family because, or, or orphans you like know, us. yeah yeah i've yeah, yeah. been an orphan since i was 16 so yeah, yeah. my family are are, are um, my wife and friends you yes. know in the circle small and that there's a reason for that um but taking time to remember those <clears throat> that had an impact on you that that helped shape your growth or they influenced you or you just admired them or liked being in their company and had a, um, had a pleasant time in their presence. Absolutely. And so you'll want to think about that. And those can be mementos of the heroes. It can be pictures of them. Um, it can be, you know, some of their hair, uh, some of their ashes. We've done that too. Um, if you don't have any of that, Write a remembrance of them on a piece of paper and offer it to the fire as you speak it. Yeah, that's great. And then on the altar, along with them, you're going to want to have, you know, some of the, some of the seasonal veggies, um, some of the seasonal herbs, a little salt, a little water, your candles. Um, candles, you know, practice by practice are different colors, so I'm not going to get all wrapped up in that today. I know ours are ours are somewhat different from other people's standard choices. So well, that's where tradition comes in. Yes. You know, so you can have your own tradition. You don't need somebody to dictate it to you, no. especially if you're a solo practitioner, or you're solitary. Use what makes sense to you. There's, people are always asking, what's the right thing to do? The right thing to do is what feels right to you. Yes. And, in, you know, 10 years from now, if you decide eh, that really didn't fit well and you, you can change, you're not set in, you know, some kind of spiritual law that i must use this can't no no. use what what if a black candle mean doesn't mean 
the same thing to you as it says in the books or what your friends say or what somebody on social media says. It doesn't matter. You're yeah. the one that, that matters and your feelings and what that color evokes in you is the most important thing. So you know, don't, don't sweat it. And remember, guys, you also want to think about the gods that you might venerate. You might, you might not. It might just be ancestor worship for you. There's a lot of that in the world, and that's fine. But if you do have the gods, like for us, for instance, for our tradition, we would have, this is coming into the Kayaks time of year. And she's the washer at the forge. She's the old woman in the woods. She's quite quite a, a wonderful, absolutely terrifying and wonderful goddess of winter, you know. So this is her time to chop wood and put away for heavy winter storms. And then we're going to talk to our ancestors who have crossed over into the House of Dawn, which is, you've heard me talk about this before, out beyond the ninth wave where we go when we pass as Celts and go into the House of Rest and party. We party, okay? <laughs> and then, It's pretty similar to, like, say, Norse, when they, they have the different other world realms realms like yeah. one is valhalla for the warriors that died in battle and there's several other um i'm not a norse practitioner but i i'm roughly familiar that you know they have other realms for people to pass through um based on who they are what they did and um, other levels of being in the other world yeah yeah so the house of dawn is just a an irish concept yeah um you don't have to practice that it's it's you know part of a, a cultural tradition and one we're still learning about you know yes there's like look we came up in the 70s and 80s and there was a lot of misinformation trash and you know that's why i said many times that don't be afraid to correct yourself and and it's okay to be wrong it's okay to you know 10 years ago you called sound samhain because that's how it looked from an anglican point of view using the english language rules right it's okay but you learn and you correct and and that's all it's not a not a big deal and people get way too uptight uh, on themselves and you know for i can see you know our friends over there um in ireland it's part of the culture and you know when you see a lot of neo-pagan cultural appropriation i would get upset too you know that's their culture you know and if you're going to use it then educate yourself on why and the pronunciation and and where it comes from you know do your due diligence but don't beat yourself up if you make mistakes it's okay the point is that you took time out of everybody's got a busy schedule now. I don't know a single soul that doesn't have it, a crazy schedule. They have to yeah. work multiple jobs to try to get by. It's rough. It's rough out there. And it's it's rough for us. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's hard on everybody. This economy sucks. Yeah. But you took time out in this hellish landscape that we have to spend some time with your ancestors and call their names. You remember them. If you work with deities, you called their names out. You remember them. You built a fire. Even if that fire is a chime candle, you built a fire. It doesn't need to be a a 15 foot tall bonfire. That'd be awesome. But not everybody has the resources or the time or the ability (laughs) to do that. If you, if you just set up a, a small altar in your home, and that altar could be as simple as a burning dish and a candle, yes. you know, and don't worry about what direction you're in. Don't worry about the colors of candles you have or you can't afford to buy new. It doesn't matter. Mm-mm. The matter where it matters is that you took the time that yes. you set aside time from your busy day um, to devote that to the deities, to if you don't have deities, to the practice, to yourself, to your ancestors. That's that's huge. And this is a perfect time for working with some of the darker gods and goddesses of your pantheons. For instance, for us, it would be Morgu. Um, and these gods and goddesses of death, you know, that that are there when you're crossing. And even the ones in, like in Egypt that weigh your soul as you pass. Anubis. Yeah. Toth. Yeah. Think about these guys. Think about reaching out to them this time of year. And it's it's always a good practice to face our shadow. To face that darkness, just like our ancestors went into this darkness. That's on this night, um, coming up on Samhain at sunset, they would have extinguished all of their fires and been in, plunged into utter darkness. 
It's a time to face with courage and with steadfastness that which you can't see and learn how to feel. In a lot of the, the cycle here, so the wheel of the year can also be attributed to a human life cycle. So you have the moment of creation, the moment of your birth, which would be Imuk, and then you come into Bialtana and your your spring in your youth and your everyone's bodies don't creak yet and they're not hurting and you're you've got energy for days and you can <laughs> party all night and go to work in an hour after you get home from the club heaven help me you know that's bialtana energy right mm-hmm. you, you're like woo i know post 50 i'm, I'm more yeah. of a uh Samhain energy but uh <laughs> You know, you're a lunasa you energy. Know, you, you have uh, you have lunasa, you know, energy <laughs> where you you know you're celebrating the harvest and you're reaping the rewards of your hard work and your youth. So right, we go to we we're born, we go to school, whether it's homeschool, whether it's public, private school, whatever. You're getting your education, um, be that as it may, um, and and then as you grow, you grow from child to young adult. And then, you know, the mid years, you're middle aged and then you're older. The same can be, it follows the wheel of the year. Yes. You know, and it's similar to say, like, what is it? Uh, some of the Wiccan practices where they're talking about maiden, mother, crone, yes. right? It's the same thing, except it's threefold. But it's the same concept can be applied to humanity as it can be to an agricultural cycle. And that's part of the beauty of the cyclical nature of this. Um, is that that wheel of the year is a really good um, guide, right? So as you're growing older, you you've obtained the wisdom, and now you're you're getting ready for rest, right? So in the next lifetime, you're reborn again, right? Absolutely. So you're back to Imok. The first you know signs of youth are starting to spring through, you know, and then you grow, and then middle age, you repeat and repeat and repeat. So as you're going into the dark half, guys, remember to plant those seeds for what you want to see next year, for what you want to see in your immediate future. And then as we come into Imhulk, you start to see the first shoots, uh, the first little signs of spring. Like the first thing we saw down south and up here, I think it's snowdrops and crocus, just like we saw crocus down there. And then shortly thereafter, as it starts to warm a little longer, daffodils. So those are good symbols for that altar. Um, anything that is like the first little bulbs of spring that are popping up. Anything to do with um, this is this is the day of uh, for us, not for everyone. We get that of of bridge, Bridget, Saint Bridget, um, and this we celebrate her. We call it the like the time of the lactating of the ewes. So they would have been being born. And being nursed by their mothers. So think about things like that. Think about maybe wool on your altar, maybe some milk or cream. You know, some deities associated with the first signs of spring. Maybe some reeds, like you'll see us, we'll have breaches, crosses. We'll have reeds around, things of that things of that nature. So whatever you associate and whatever deities you associate with this time. And new babies born this time of year. Think a lot on that um, and try to treat yourself to that child version of you and remember what that was like and go back into that. And then that, too, you'll find things that you triggered easily about that now you can take that little time of respite to face it and realize that was just a baby. <laughs> yeah. It didn't know what it was doing, neither did you. Oh, yeah. You used to get pissed off about shit in her 20s. Like, man. <laughs> Let it go. That bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now, you know, in this part of life, that bitch. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> yeah. Dumbass. You're just a dumbass. We just kind of laugh at it. You know, <laughs> 20 years ago, 30 years ago, oh, yeah. Me with a baseball bat in the bowling alley parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Give me my $2. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And nah. I ain't got time. I'm too old. No. And it hurts too much. I don't like that. Just don't give a shit that much. You know, whatever. All right. Let me know. Moving on. (laughs) You take Bialtana. I got two. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So, Bialtana, again, these are just examples of our tradition. It doesn't mean it's everyone. Like, 
Tay has said a couple of times, it's not everyone's tradition. Have your own tradition. It doesn't matter. It, you don't have to follow us. This is just for example only. That's all. But yeah. the Altina, basically, spring is sprung, right? That's that's in our youth. That's when... <laughs> God, I triggered the jukebox. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> like the, the first signs of spring. So you're seeing flowers in full bloom. You're seeing... Um, crops really going at it. You know, the warmer weather, people are coming out of their houses, they're doing their spring cleaning, they're sweeping all of the dust accumulated during the dark half of the year out of their house and, and preparing for the summer months, you know, the times of joy and walking in the warm weather and feeling the warm summer breeze on you and the soft rains or even the torrential rains if you're from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's the it's the start of the light half of the year. And um, we celebrate the May Queen, um, and for for me that is bloody with. It's it's uh, my matron deity, and uh, she is, uh, at least in our tradition, considered to be our May Queen uh, when she's come to power. Flower um, face. Yep. So there's a there's a great uh, tale on her that you can see on YouTube. It's a it's a black and white video. I do not remember the name. The Welsh speaker. She's, yeah, she's, she's a, a Welsh speaker. Yeah, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but it's really good. If you look up uh, Weight, you'll see the there's several there, but hers, I think, is the only one that's in black and white. But it's she's, a really good telling of the tale. Uh, but she's then, a conjured elemental. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So y- you have the May Queen. There, there's there's maypoles going up. You'll see. All kinds of people celebrating with the maypole, and maybe they don't realize the phallic <laughs> nature of that. Um, but it's Fertility, humorous. It's 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 really funny, you know, watching the Karens do Easter egg hunts, also doing dress in their fertility, finery. fertility, yeah. right? A lot of things are associated with fertility at this time of the year, right? Yes. So, uh, there's a lot of hand fastings going on, uh, marriages um, between people, couples. Um, it's, it's just that time of the year, you know, you've, you've survived like back in the day, surviving the winter. <clears throat> that was quite an accomplishment. Yes, it was. You know, it took, uh, it took a lot of preparation before the, that cold, dark part of the year set in to ensure survival. So to make sure you had ample food and, and that you had things to heat with and things to keep you warm when you had to go outside. Um, and there was a lot of family time too, but that the preparation for Bialtana, you know, is surviving the winter. And I'm sure they wanted the kids out of the house by then. They're like, oh, my God, thank goodness it's spring. Get them out of my hair. Oh, my God. It's like the opposite for us in modern day, right? Some moms and dads can't wait for school to start and get the fuck out of my house. Mom needs a break. <laughs> Mom needs a glass of wine and some chocolate. Mom and or dad, you know, mm-hmm. they just need a break. You know, love them, love them to death, but go to school. Go to school. Get out of my hair. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful time. Think about, you know, decorating your altar with spring flowers. Things that are harvested in spring, you know, like those first little squash of spring and things of that nature. And the first fruits that, that come up during that time of year. Um, and lots and lots and lots of flowers. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of flowers on the altar at this time. Yeah, I really do. Yep. And it just reminds me of her. And Bialtana is opposite of Samhain so it has the same type of um, thinness to the veil right so contact with the spirit world contact with deities is greatly enhanced if you're doing ritual practice um, odds are it's going to be amplified during this time because the veil is thinner the 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 access to the spirit world is much easier um, less interference. Um, you'll you'll have, you know, a lot of people reporting noises in their house, or you know, they feel the different energies, and it's it's like your psychic sense becomes almost overwhelmed because of the conditions, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Those are the two points of the year. Whereas Samhain is more associated with those that have passed or death and dying and the cold part of the year, dark part of the year. Bialtana is the light half of the year and associated with birth and rebirth. And it's a fertility. It's a it's a good time to, you know, like people make New Year's resolutions, you know. 
Bialtana might not be a good, uh, might not be a bad idea either because everything yeah. is new. Everything is, is fresh and clean. And then you that that feeling of the house and the smell of the house after it's been freshly swept out and clean and all the dust accumulated from the dark season is gone. And you know, all you can smell are the budding flowers outside your window. Um, that, no. That's Bialtana. And all that planting you did is starting to be seen. Oh, yeah. All your seeds are coming through the soil. All your seeds of food and of magic are starting to appear right in front of you. Yeah. And it's a beautiful time for that. And then the, the last of the fire festivals is, is Lunasa. Um, it's, it's around midway to the last harvest, mid-harvest festival. Um, it was, um, in s- some say, uh, dedicated to the god Lu. And if you don't know who Lu is, uh, Lu, at least uh, from our tradition, is associated with the arts, with skills. And there's one of his tales where he goes up to a land and uh, asks if they have, I don't know, a blacksmith. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, we've already got one. And uh, he says, oh, do you have this artisan? Yep. Do you have that artisan? Yep. Do you have this artisan? Yep. And he went through the whole laundry list. Um, and, and of course I'm paraphrasing here. Um, and, uh, they're like, yep, we got one. He's like, do you have someone that can do it all? <laughs> and the, the town's leader went, well, no. And that would be Lou master of the arts, master of the trades, masters of the skills, the many skilled Lou. Yep. Lou of the long arm. Yeah. Yeah. And the festival was also, I think he did it originally in for his mother toiled you. Um, so it's a huge festival, um, every year there and it's, it's a crafty festival. So you're, you're trying to show how skilled you are. And so there's going to be like, you know, war games and crafting games and, you know, people showing off their wares and showing all their work. And you're going to be doing that next to the last harvest of the year. This is like, here it would be. When the grapes come in and the things like that. And so they probably would probably be making wine here or mead, you know, whatever. Um, and showing our skill at that. So this is a good time to put some of that stuff on your altar for this time of year. And put some of the stuff that you've crafted and show your ancestors and your gods what, what gifts they gave you. And what you're using them for. Yeah, so you crafters out here, this is your day. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Hi, hi Tanya. Tanya and the, the Connies and, yes. the, and uh, all the people that, that are super crafty throughout the year. It's, this, is a, this is a celebration of that skill. Oh, of, yeah. Of being able to, to take some things and, you know, of course, Mary Ellen with, with knitting and spinning and all that stuff. It, we have so many amazing crafters. Kim that makes the incredible uh, aromatherapy earrings uh, all of this is is symbolic of Lou yes you know all the different crafts uh, it's, it's not a um, a gender thing it's a it's just an honor of you know it doesn't have to be male female or in between it, it's no. it's about the craft it's about having that skill to create create something from I mean, somebody that can take a piece of yarn and, and create by hand with love something to keep you warm in the dark half of the year. Someone who has the skill with their hands to repair things that are broken or or create new things for to, to give shelter or implements to to harvest with or implements to hunt with or, or implements to cook with, you know, all of those, all of those are skill trades. Yeah. Cooking in and of itself is an incredible skill. I I can make a uh, sandwich. (laughs) Which at the same time we have Hava. Um, And you should see some of the stuff that woman bakes. It's amazing. And she brings it to the store for like um, the, the temple services and stuff like that. And it's just, wow. It's yeah. incredible. Who can forget the penis bread? Yeah, the penis bread. The penis bread. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. That's the best penis bread I've ever had. I had some of the tip. I, I will yeah. have to say it's the first penis bread. <laughs> Probably the last. <laughs> but, you know, hey, whatever blows your hair back. Mm-hmm. But it was it was amazing. It was she's, she's incredible. Yeah. You know, and Vampirdite with her cookies and baked goods. And, and she's coming back for Krampus. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, so these are the four fire festivals for us. And when we say fire, it, like like I mentioned before, ideally, like our ancestors would have a huge 
they would call it a need fire or a bone fire. It was a huge community gathering. Like everybody would come to this. This was the highlight of that time of the year. It was fortuitous to come to this. Um, you wanted to be there. You know, it yes. was, this is when the community would come together and you would see friends you hadn't seen since the last fire festival because you may have, have to travel for, you know, days to get to the main village and have the, have the big festival. And so we honor that and you honor the ancestors memory by having a fire. And we're fortunate to be able to do that. But there were many years where we, we weren't fortunate to have a, a place to have a fire. And we did a, a private ceremony, you know, at home. Ideally, you should be in the woods. Ideally, you should be outdoors. But sometimes it doesn't work out. You just can't. Some people take umbrage to you setting a fire in their woods. It's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you want to be safe. But, you know, light a candle. That that will suffice to honor a fire festival. You're still bringing that element into your home um, and creating sacred space and recognizing the day, remembering yes. the holiday. And if you have a fire pot or you know one of those um, those little implements that you use on your deck, hey, use it for a fire festival. There's nobody going to tell you you can't. And if anybody says anything negative about it, hell with them. You know, enjoy your fire festival the best way you know how. And there are equinoxes, and you know you have the autumnal equinox. You have this the solstices. Those are those are not not important. Uh, they are they're observations, right? When when those movements take place, the solar movements take place. We recognize those two. Those are just um, what we. They're not termed fire festivals, so to speak, but they're kind of like interspersed in between the fire festivals. So. In our tradition, generally, we'll you know have just a private thing at home. Um, yeah. Everyone will gather for the the fire festival <laughs> events, or at least if you can't do anything else, do Bialtana and Samhain. Right, those are the two big days. And if you have to do a private ceremony for the others, then you know that's that's what has to happen. Uh, but f- especially Bialtana and Samhain, uh, we come together. Yes. Um, but you know, there's there's other traditions. I know there's Mabin. Um, what are some of the llamas, some of the other festivals? And it just depends on your tradition yeah. on what you celebrate there. We don't personally do it, uh, but we know many, many people that do. And so if it's part of your tradition, then absolutely. And, and that's one of the reasons why we have an altar. And so we we got into fire festivals, but really this this should be directed at altars. So during the fire festival, you'll set the altar like Tay was describing, you know, to kind of be representative of the day of the time of the year. Um, but some people have permanent altars in their homes at all times, and uh, they're not necessarily decorated for a holiday uh, when it's not a holiday. Uh, but you could have your your deities on there. You could have the, the candles that you like. You could have the incense that you like. Um, whatever brings you uh, closer to spirit, right? So that's your place of reflection. It's a sacred space. And then there are like altars for summoning. And those are a little bit different. And we generally, you know, those are in a temple. And if they're not in a temple, we're going to take those away when we leave. And we're going to clear and make sure we cleanse. So, John, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about invocation, evocation in regard to summoning altars. Yeah, I mean, there's different schools of thought and different different magical traditions. Um, you get into some of the Goetic, uh, Salamnic traditions. You'll you'll read some of the heavily Christianized uh, magical writings. Anokian uh, and and uh, the Goetia themselves, and we can talk about the Goetia in an entire separate episode. Um, but invocation is my preferred, and that's just a personal thing. I won't throw off on anybody that does anything differently. That's your your thing. Whatever blows your hair back. Personally, I would rather work with the deity or the spirit that I am invoking. So invoking is asking them to come into uh, the room, come into the altar, to take part in the ritual, to be open, to be welcome as, you know, divinity, right? We're not, we're not falling down on the floor in front of them, but you're also not commanding them. 
And avocation is where you'll see a lot of uh, Goetic or Salamnic ritual where they have the triangle. And the, the whole idea um, was to evoke the entity and trap them using barbarous words and angelic commands into this triangle where it would be threatened and, and bound uh, to do a person's will. I am not a fan of that. I, I don't like the idea of it. And just on its premise, it's not just a distasteful. It's to me, and this is my opinion, it, if you do this, hey, more power to you. Yeah. I am mad at you. Not my business. Yeah. But just from my perspective, you know, here we are human and we are deeming to, to command something that, you know, is older than time. Um, can you do it? I'm sure that there have been people that have, yeah. right? Very dedicated. Um, this was their entire life. They don't, you know, they've, they, they know their shit, right? And they have and, nothing else to do. You know, and nothing, <laughs> and nothing to lose, right? Except yeah. themselves. Yeah. And a lot of them did lose themselves. I mean, you're, you're trying to throw your weight around with an energy, an entity that has, that is as old as time itself. And, yes. I, I always looked at it like, who am I to presume to do that? I would rather ask, invite, which is where invocation comes from. I'm invoking it. I'm, Form a relationship. I'm asking for that energy, that entity yeah. to take part in this ritual, to assist us, to be part of it, to be equals to, whereas evocation is a demand. You know, I'm evoking you. You are you know you you must do this or i will punish you and you know i just shoot i don't need that kind of drama it's just yeah. i you know yeah. and I, I know there's going to be people that hey that's what i do and it works and i'm sure it does and yeah. i'm not disputing that fact it's it's a it's a principle thing for me alone yeah. personally and um and um, i as well i mean yeah yeah cuz what we call demons in the Goetic world are actually divine beings. It mm -hmm. rubs me so bad that I can't even begin to tell you oh, yeah. that these beings that have been demonized by the religious establishment, and they more than likely have more control within our lives and in their hands than we're actually aware of at any given time because that was their entire purpose. So when you're working with them, you want to be sure that you're not going to them in this moment of absolute abject need you know where you have this urgency and oh my god please help me i gotta have some money oh my god don't do that don't do that you're going to them when you're going to them go to them for the purpose of learning for the purpose of building a relationship for the purpose of making yourself stronger your will stronger your mind stronger your body stronger and you know if you don't what you're going to likely get when you go across and that energy is that chaotic and bad because you're so dang needy, you're probably going to get a lower level sludge being that's going to oh, attach yeah. to you. Yeah, you and there's know? a lot of impersonation too. Oh, God, that's yes. why, you know, we have heard people say, you know, mention the Goetia has a hierarchy too. Yes. Right? Just as the angelic or the seraphim, so do the Nephilim. All right? There is a hierarchy. And there are kings, there is an emperor, there are kings, there are dukes, there are princes. Where they got these, you know, look, the Goetia is originally the 72 daemons yeah. yeah. um, used by Solomon, right? Yeah. That's where the story comes from. As uh, he put it. Uh, yeah. Goetia actually means, um, from what I've read, uh, the howling. And there's an old saying that, you're not playing with Goetia. The Goetia is playing with you. Yes. And again, goes back to invocation over avocation. And then the story goes that Solomon, you know, used the, the magic triangle and to command the demons to do things to create his temple, to do all sorts of magical bidding. And he kept them sealed up. Yes. You know, in a in a magically sealed container. Rather disgusting thought. You know, and yeah. okay, yeah. you know, I I I can go along with that hypothetically, you know, but there's a lot of religious scholars I'm sure could set, shed some more academic light on this, but you know, in my experience with them, 
um, they're just as good of a, a teacher in, in the spirit realm as you know some of the angelic, I and mean, I see them as the same. Yes, they are the same. Um, it's just a different kind of energy. Um, it's not evil. It's not you know good or bad. And anybody that thinks that angelic or playing harps with a pretty gold halo hasn't read what an angel looks like or what an angel actually um, does angels are dominion over angels yeah. are terrifying yeah right? i don't ever so, want to meet one thing <laughs> uh, it's the most terrifying thing you can imagine and then multiply it yeah you know it, it's uh these these aren't to be um invoked lightly right yeah. and you 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 see people do it all the time yeah and i mean there's there's a place around here doing demon readings and charging people money for it. it's the most ridiculous thing yeah. don't do that don't. it's disrespectful um it's and it's dis- dangerous it's disrespectful yeah. to yourself to it's you. disrespectful to the practice um you, you need to learn your history and you need to learn a little bit more and and I, and we all do i myself included i need to learn more yeah but i'm not the Every one day. doing demon readings yeah that's fucking stupid and i mean the demons will you know that they're divine beings these ones that they're calling demons we're talking about belial we're talking about leviathan we're talking about those guys okay those are actual divine beings so if you look at the tree um it's as above so below there you go. It's a reflection of itself. Okay. So they are a reflection of what some people accept as angels because they were. Okay. According to all the mythology, they were. But when you're working with them, kind of bear that, that in mind and bear in mind that a lot of times what you're working with is not what you think you're working with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. nefarious has come through and it's probably this vampiric little. <laughs> being that I'm Belial, I'm Belial. And a neophyte person or somebody who is not trained or not well-read is going to believe whatever comes through. And then, oh, yeah, Yeah. I I talked to Belial last night. (laughs) Are you sure? Because spirits are liars, just like people. Yes, they are. And they will mislead you just because it's fun. Yeah, we need to hone those skills on reading the room, people. We need to... I need to, too, because I get taken in by people. I don't generally get taken in on the other side, but I'll feel sorry for somebody. And I'm such an asshole. I will reach out and help them and build them up and try to make their life better. And that person is just like one of those little sludge beings. They're presenting an energy to you that they want you to Mm -hmm. see. They're presenting themselves as needy. And then they present themselves as, you know, wanting to get close to you and hold you up and love on you. And yeah, yeah, they want to woo you. And they want to sway your opinion of them. And they'll You'll put your entire heart and soul into helping that person, trying to grow that relationship like you grow your relationship with your gods and your your angels, whatever it is, and your ancestors. And then you find that you have latched on to a psychophantic sludge, little just vampiric being, and that when they're finally done bleeding you dry, that person's going to run and run your name into the ground. They're going to try to ground you and bring your character down to their level. So learn how to read these people. Learn how to read what you're seeing in ritual. You'll know. Trust me. If one of these real beings comes through for you when you're doing an invocation, that room gets so heavy that it feels like you're crushing. Okay? You are literally rooted in place. You hear us talk about being rooted all the time. When a a higher level spiritual being enters a room, you find, you'll find it hard to move. You'll find it hard to breathe. So you've got to center yourself and think and focus and ask what you will. You came there for a purpose. Don't waste it and don't dabble with it. Okay? Know exactly what you're going into the relationship for and what you want to learn and don't waste their time. You know how you hate somebody wasting your time, you know, asking you the same question they've asked you 1,500 times? <laughs> <laughs> they don't want that from you either. No. So so be careful with what you do here, and be careful with what relationships you're cultivating. And I'm with John on the evocation. I would never deign myself in a position of power that I point my dagger at a, at a being and command it. To do anything for me. No. No, not going to happen. It's rude. 
I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, you're going to go up to the biggest guy in the bar and demand. Yeah. <laughs> or be like, hey, buddy, can you help me? Might have done that when I was 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Punch him right in the throat. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's not out of fear. It's a respect thing. Yeah. You know, as Bella's snoring herself away. Oh, my God. She's funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> crazy. But, guys, I love you. Don't fall for this. Yeah, and there are people that act just like, like Tay was saying, there are people that act just like that, and they sometimes don't even realize it. Yeah. You know, it's just how they were brought up to be. You know, yeah. they think this is normal, uh, normal behavior, and and it's and it's not, and it's not respectful, and it's not decent um, to to be that way. You're you're acting much lower than yourself, and yeah. you can do better. Yeah, you can. Um, but we're, we're talking about the invocation and evocation. Uh, those altars are a little bit different. Um, and we can go into that into a later episode. Just, you know, in very general, um, invocation uh, usually does not involve, uh, for me, uh, a circle of protection or anything like that. It's, it's uh, if there is a circle, it's just to mark the space as a... Um, you know, boundary between the worlds that, Hey, this is a place of working and, uh, you are, you are invited, um, to, uh, be included in with this. Whereas avocation, you'll see the Goetic, um, circles with, uh, the, uh, Hebrew, um, care, you know, characters around and the angelic names and the barbarous names, names of power. You'll see the triangle in front of the magic circle of protection, uh, the triangle also bearing the names of um, angelic uh, leadership uh, to control and bind uh, the spirit within that within that triangle. Um, you'll see a uh, evocation, which is a, a demand that they show themselves in a comely manner, and you know you're again demanding. Um, and then you give them license to depart as, you know, because you're the supreme human and, uh, <laughs> you give them license to depart and then you cleanse the space. And that's just in a very oversimplified, um, generalization of what an avocation is. Because there's like rings and sigils and everything that go with it. And yeah, yeah there's tools. a magic ring you need to make. And a, a lot of this is, is heavily Christianized, uh, grimoire magic, you know? So, you know, things like the red dragon, which is, uh, the Grand Grimoire, you see the Grimorium Verum, there's uh, St. Scipion's, um, there, Arbitel, there's, there's a ton of old Grimoires uh, written as formula uh, in controlling evocations and controlling spirits to do your will. Um, evocation is something a little bit different. Um, and, and that's, you know, at least for me, my personal preferred method, um, if I'm going to work with an entity, I, I would rather invite, invite than demand. I, yeah. don't, I don't see myself in that position. Now, that being said, um, say you have an entity in a house and no, I'm not coming to do Ghostbuster your house. No, not until the, the blood is running down the wall and the screams won't stop. Then maybe I might come cause it sounds like fun. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> if it's just knocking and walking and doing ghost stuff, you know, just normal ghost stuff, you know, whatever you can, uh, do an evocation there in terms of banishment. Whereas, you're not evoking other than um, maybe a higher deity, maybe something that's higher level than the thing. Because, you know, in the spirit world, everything's got a boss, too. Yeah, just like you. Know, it could be doing a whole exorcist scene for you, the bed flopping around and windows slamming shut. Well, you've seen the videos from the store, right? That's just minor, 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 minor stuff. And we'll call your mama. Um, little, little spirits making themselves known. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely nothing. It's just, mm -hmm. hi. I'm here shut, opening your drawers and throwing your trees on the ground. Yay. That's nothing. There's nothing to be afraid of. No, just um, talk to them. A people. real malevolent spirit will will be dramatically different than that. And, and that is where you get into, like even the Catholic Church with a ritual Romanum, uh, they're making demands in the name of their deity uh, that that spirit depart. Right? So that is where you're taking on the role uh, similar to an avocation in that you are taking control and demanding that spirit uh, either leave a, a person or leave a property, leave a, a piece of 
um, equipment, like whether it's a doll, whether it's an inanimate object that's been, you know, inhabited by uh, something. And trust um, me, you are trying to hurt them. Yeah, that's yeah. where you can, you know, you can ask a couple times, and when you get laughed at, that's when you, uh, um, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna call dad on you. Yes. And you know, it's just like running and telling mom, or running and telling the police. You know, hey, I need help. Um, and you know, you call on something bigger, yes. right? Uh, but when you call on something bigger, you better have a good damn reason for it. Dial up on the pentagram phone. Yeah. Hey, daddy, I need you. <laughs> yeah. Bat signal. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that is the place where uh, you need to have some experience um, in force. Otherwise, for normal, everyday things, you know, especially holidays, you, you're going to invoke that spirit. Uh, to share in the day with you. You're going to share your meal with them, their drink with them. You're going to share it with your ancestors. Those are invocations. And just think about it like this. What if it was you and you were dead? And I pulled you up and tortured you just to get you to, you know, go scare my neighbor, (laughs) you know, you know, haunt my neighbor's house. Is that something you would want? What did Chris and I used to say? The river will run red with the blood of the (laughs) non-believers. Yeah. Sundered heads, eyes without sight. These are pleasing things to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's funny. I just, I find the whole thing humorous. But, I mean, because in, in, in life as in the afterlife, relationships are what really matter. Um, And the better the relationship, the, the more cooperation, the more cooperation, the more prosperous. So, you're you're here to form relationships, and that should be your whole aim, especially when setting your altar and for setting up for a holiday, for instance, or a ritual. You're it's all about relationships and relationship building. Yep, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and 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 it's they they typically start it. Yes, you'll yeah you know, deity. People are like, how do I pick a deity? Well, you generally don't. They pick you. Yeah, you know, and that's just normally how it works and maybe one just sparked your interest and that's how they picked you they made it look interesting they can influence your what you look at or you know put the things in front of you where you're going to happen to stumble across them and oh oh god yes or it could be in a vision or a dream or it could be somebody mentioned it in public and all of a sudden it rung true to you like maybe you remember it from a previous incarnation like I remember that. Let me yeah. go find out. And that's how you develop that relationship with the deity. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's very much familial, yes, you know, is. and those deities, like say you get into a situation where you need to, you know, cleanse a house or cleanse an object or cleanse a person, Use right? That. that relationship with that deity is going to make it even stronger. Right, so you'll see a Catholic priest, an exorcist, call upon uh, the Holy Ghost, you know, and the, the Holy Trinity to excise this entity from from whatever. That's exactly what they're doing. They're using their deity to push this thing out because their deity is bigger than that. Yes, in in their name, I command you. Da 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 da. That's that's the same principle. Right, they just copied it from us and have prettier book covers. Right now, yeah. <laughs> they have a better marketing team. Yeah, and, and nicer hats. I mean, I, I love that. <laughs> and in the past, lots of swords. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, create that altar, create that sacred space, and say, say you're a college student. Right, we have a lot of college student um, in the area. Um, you can't have. Uh, maybe you don't want to have that altar. Maybe you don't want to be in a public scrutiny and have people asking you a dozen stupid ass questions. Maybe they won't let you burn candles in or, the dorm. Yeah, or maybe you can't even burn incense. It's okay. You can have what they call a travel altar, or you're traveling. Like, say you're a corporate business and you travel all the time, but it's Samhain and, and you're in a hotel and you want to. You can have a little travel. Go out on the patio of the hotel and, and, and in a private place. And and do a little something. It, it doesn't need to be a big theatrical thing. Take the time to do it. Yes. That's the important thing. If you go outside in, to smoke a cigarette or a vapor or just to breathe in the fresh night air and call out to the spirits, whether it's inside. Maybe you're making an internal call. You don't even have to vocalize it. Just recognize the day yeah. remember your ancestors They're remember the ones that, that brought you into this world the ones you know even you know even the bad ones right? and we've all got them right relatives like i don't know, kick rocks but you know 
a lot of times you'll find that as they passed, they've, they've, they're not that person anymore. Maybe they've learned once they got into spirit that, you know, to be cruel and malicious is generally not a good, good way to be. Or if you just don't want to call on them, don't call on them, but call on the friends and family that you do want to hear from, or you do remember fondly and have that altar be the focal spot. Yes. Right? An altar could be anything that stands in for. You can symbolize anything. It doesn't need to be a huge dramatic thing. Like for Samhain, we'll have the big fire. We'll have the candles representing the elements and the directions. We'll have different incense in each quarter that, that coincide with that direction and what it symbolically means in our tradition. You know, we'll cast a circle, but not one of protection. It's a circle of spirit, right? It's a circle of invocation, of marking the space to make it sacred. But we are fortunate enough to have um, a friend who has woods and has a private place. We went for years without doing that because we didn't have it in North Carolina. We had it in Michigan. We didn't have it in North Carolina. So we did a lot of private things, you know, just on our back patio. You know, it was private, and we spent some time with with the deities, with the ancestors. We remembered the day, and then we went and had a little feast. Yeah. You know, it's that simple. Don't let it become overwhelmed. Like, I can't get a fire. I don't know. It's okay. Don't it's no right. sweat. You know, take the time, remember the day, and learn about the day. Find some find some books on the day if you want to learn more about it. We barely scratched the surface of this. Irish Pagan School podcast and website has a great um, cultural cu- culturally correct uh, history of Samhain. Highly recommend uh, John and Laura. They're amazing, yeah. and, and they're not the only ones. There's there's Irish folk tales. There's be careful of your sources. Try to get sources if you're going to learn Irish culture. Get it from someone who is actually accredited. Uh, to relay that culture because there's a lot of appropriation going on and you don't want to take part in that. Yeah. It's not good. You know, want to keep their, you know, if you're going to use their culture for inspiration, then you should go the extra mile um, in making sure that it's as correct as possible and be ready to change when, when new evidence is presented, right? We're very much like scientists. Yes. We want to be proven wrong. Yeah, please right? do. Prove us wrong. Give me a better and, way. And, yeah. and, and that's yeah. that's kind of the approach you need to have. You need to have almost a like the approach of a scientist where this is what I believe now and here's why. And someone has more evidence, and then you consider that evidence and their source, and you may or may not adopt it, right? That's the process of how you grow and develop um, in paganism, in occultism, in esoterica. It's all... It's all with that approach, that discipline approach. Be a rare human who doesn't get insulted when somebody comes to you and says, hey, that's, that's not correct. <laughs> and go, oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's what not is? correct yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. We, we don't all have to do the same no, thing the no. same way. My point being, <laughs> if, if you're going to use Irish terminology, Irish culture, um, you should learn the culture yeah. and have respect uh, for it enough to actually be willing to except that maybe you were wrong in the way you said this, or maybe I didn't get this right. Just have an open mind and be, be open to uh, learning, but not so open that you're gullible to a lot of the new age stuff. Is Which just, happens to all of us, I got to say, at some point in time. You know, especially when you're brand new, you're like, oh God, everything's shiny. <laughs> you know? It is. And I mean, don't feel bad about that, guys. Don't. You're you're starting out on the path. You're not expected to know everything, and you won't know everything no matter how long you're on the path. So let it go and try yeah. to learn as best you can and implement as best you can. We often get people who come in, and like John was saying about haunted houses and stuff like that, that are asking about how to make their place sacred, and that ties into altars too, you know, how to cleanse that oh, space. 100%. Your home is sacred territory. Don't bring toxic energy into it. There's a lot of people that go as far as taking the shoes off at the door. If you're, a, you know, you're an EMS worker, a fire department, doctor, nurse, maybe you you should take your uniform off and put it in a bag before you enter the house because there's all that death and that agony hanging on you when you come in and take these altars that we've been talking about and find on a compass on your phone north south east west in your house 
and set an appropriate altar at every little spot. And that does not have to be intricate. It can be something as simple as a tchotchke you fell in love with in a flea market that just makes you happy when you see it. Oh, God, yeah. Because all you're trying to do setting these altars in your house is raise the vibration so that that negative toxic energy can't stand it there and has to leave. You have cleansed it. You have pushed it out with your will and your intention. And now you're going to set it up to stay that way. So you're going to set up your altars and you may want to set up wards. You know, an award can be something as simple as, hey, I have a nanny cam that never moves. I'm going to make this thing a ward. Put a ward on that thing and leave it sitting somewhere central in the house. You know, make sure it's something nobody's going to touch. Nobody's going to move. And if you start to feel things eking in, you know, negativity creeping into the house, negative people creeping into the house, then start resetting that stuff. Cleanse again, reset everything, get it back in balance, but make home sacred with your altars and with your wards. Yeah, everybody needs that place of peace. You know, we're, we're all in the world today and the world is absolutely batshit crazy. Yes. Um, everyone around you is stressed out, you know, over money or over you know, things breaking and they can't, you know, can't afford it or they don't have the means to fix it or replace it. And, you know, then you got school and all the parents, you know, having to come out of pocket for all the school clothes and trying to make their kids happy and remembering what it was like to be a kid in school. And you don't want your kid to be embarrassed. And there's a tremendous amount of pressure on everybody. Yes. Um, everybody. And, and so when you, like Tay was saying, when you come home, when you shut that door, you need to have, a place where you have some respite, a place where you can leave your sanctuary. Worry, sanctuary. But, you know, it's like the cheers theme, right? <laughs> hey, Norm. <laughs> you know, but you know, some place that's that's sanctuary for you, some place that you don't have that intrusive nature of everybody else's bad days, and you can you can get some rest, some peace, and an altar can really help with that too so you can sit at the altar you can meditate light some incense say a few words call upon the deities that that mean something that mean the most to you you know those those are the things that that help and that that altar becomes a a focal point for that and in in the room or in a in a personal space that you decide to put it whether it's a whether it's stays put up or not you know we have a community altar at the store and we did that, you know, so it has our, some of our ancestors on it. It has some of our deities on it, but it's open to everyone. Right. And and we did that purposely because we know there are so many people that can't have a permanent altar set up for whatever reason. And that's why we set it up there. And so that you can come in and, and say the few words, you can leave an offering there it's not leaving an offering to to us. It's leaving an offering to your uh, spirits and your ancestors, and and um, you know that's that's why we did it. You know, yeah. and and the the money that that people put on the altar, um, it's well known. Um, once we get to a certain amount, we gather it up, we add in some of ours, and we donate it to uh, the food bank in Clark Summit. Um, and so that even, even for the offerings, they're going to, they're going to also maybe feed someone that can't afford, can't afford to eat that night. You yeah. know, we, we, we don't pocket that money. No. It goes to people that need it. And that's kind of the whole point. And I want to say, guys, leave your work at work. Do you want to make homes sacred? Leave your work at work. For those of you who have families whom you can't practice around, so take your room and make every corner happy. Make every corner something that makes you happy. And you can make things that they're not going to know what they are and hang them there. And they'll remind you of your practice. And make it yours. And when you close the door, close them out. And don't let that, that thought, that creeping, insidious thought of they're judging me or they're angry with me enter in. Yeah. So make everything sacred. Make every day sacred, every chance you get. Because Absolutely. this is an ugly, ugly world we're living in now. And we have to do this for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting just past the hour mark, and Bella's woken up from her second nap. Her <laughs> snoring on. You know, we do this podcast in one take. We don't do 
uh, editing. We don't do, um, you know, I could edit out the snores. I could edit, edit out us coughing or me screwing up sunset you know, to sunrise. Or umming, but yeah. the whole point <laughs> to this podcast and why we don't do that is we want it to be uh, similar to sitting around a living room and chatting. Yeah. You know, we wanted it to be real. Yeah. You know, I mean, you'll see a lot of very polished, you know, the audio is very polished and, and, you know, people spend several days getting it perfect where there's no, take out all the ums and take it, you know, um, 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 take all those out, take out all the, the coughs, the know, dog snoring, the vape dropping on the ground, the laptop getting unplugged. All of this has happened, but we just keep rolling and because we want it to be. Um, a, a legitimate experience in, in one where we're having a conversation, not just between us, but with all of you too. And, and that's why we do that. We do it in one take. We don't correct mistakes and we record, mix and send out. And uh, I'm not sure if I, you know, let everybody know that's how we do things. I have the ability to do it. I just choose to, I, I like this natural format um, where it's a it's a living room conversation. It's a conversation around the table or very similar to the conversations we have every day at the counter in the store. I, I want wanted that feeling, and I'm hoping that that's what comes across. So those of you coming for interviews here in the near future? <laughs> we don't edit. We don't edit. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a one-take pony. Yeah. But. I have my lozenge in my mouth, and you can hear it, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you, guys. Uh, we're about an hour and six minutes, a little bit over that. And uh, really appreciate it if you've stuck around to the end. If you uh, are enjoying the podcast, please, please, please follow us on uh, Podbean. Uh, share us. Uh, like us. Please recommend us to your friend. We're trying to grow this so that we can get some um, even more diverse topics and some uh, some more speakers on here. Uh, this you know, the rooms are booked until November 25th. Um, and after that, again, this, uh, right now we're doing it in Tay's office. That's why you can occasionally hear the bird. Um, uh, <laughs> but we're going to be moving this studio to the actual, uh, store, uh, into room one. So room one will be the podcast studio, uh, going forward as of, uh, December. So we're going to hopefully crank it up with some uh, some more live guests and there's a there's a form to fill out if you're interested um, in being a guest um, please uh, feel free to uh, find it on pickyweeds.com it's down at the bottom of the website just uh, copy paste it into an email and fill it out and um, we'll see about getting you on thank you again for for sticking around thanks guys have a great night bye so we hope you enjoyed this episode of In the Weeds, and we hope you didn't have to pick too much pucker brush off your cloak after visiting with us here. If you liked the episode, please follow, subscribe, and share. And if you're really kind, leave a positive review. Be sure to tune in next week as we publish a new episode weekly. If you're in the area, stop by the store and see us. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. <laughs>